All right, we're going to start off with a title. One of the things that pastors, I don't know, uh, as, as a pastor, former pastor, one of the things that you're, you kind of work on in your sermon is like, how do I title this thing? What, what do I start with? Well, here's what I know, is that, man, especially my African-American brothers, man, they know how to title some sermons. So I looked at to my, to some of my African-American brothers, and what, what would they title this sermon? And I got to tell you, from pits to praise, somebody say Amen. I mean, that's a good title, right? Or from the mire to the choir. Somebody say amen. I mean, that's some good stuff. Of course, then, you know, I'm struggling. I go, I don't, I don't know what to call this. Well, here's, here's my title, Examination to Application. All right, not really a zinger, but hopefully, uh, you know, we'll, we'll truly, from examination and examining this text today, we will apply the truths that we hear. So let's start off. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the very first word, very first, well, second word of this psalm. It says, I waited patiently. Woo! How many of y'all just love to wait? Any hands? I got to tell you, I am the absolute worst person to wait for anything. I mean, I can probably point, at least on a regular basis, every day, where I'm struggling with waiting Let's, let's say, in line for something. I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting. I mean, I, I, before, I, I goofed, and, and I forgot to buy some things right before Christmas. Anybody else? Go to the store right before Christmas. I, no kidding. I was in line at Meyer for an hour. For somebody like me, wired like me. That is like a, a reason to get medication. I'm a bad person to wait. I mean, and, and you know, you think about it, and again, this is me. I don't know if you can see that, but this is, I'm the skeleton, right? I'm like waiting in line going, can you please move this along? I think I'm dying, right? Even worse, they, at, the, at the doctor's office, they have a room dedicated to this. It's called the What? the waiting room. This is not an encouragement to somebody like me. Why do they call this the waiting? I don't want to wait. I just want to see the doctor, right? But I got to go in and wait. I'm that kind of guy that if I have to wait for any, you know, like anything, it's like I'm constantly watching. I'm waiting. I'm spinning my wheels. I'm looking at the time. Here's the interesting thing is, and, and, you know, the word of God is amazing. Amen. Word of God is amazing. I mean, and every time I come to the Word of God to study it, I find something new. I find a new facet as I turn it and look at it and go, wow, I've never seen that before. In studying for this sermon, this is what I found. I found that this word, weighted, is an interesting word. And probably not what you think or what I thought. This word has a literal and a figurative meaning, like a lot of words do. Right? I mean, there's a lot of words that have a literal, for instance, cool and hot. Right? So, if I were to, you know, you're probably looking at me going, that guy is so cool. Right? But if you came and touched me, I'm like, not cool. Right? So, it's figurative. Right? Or if I said that my wife is really hot. I mean, you know, you know what I was talking about, right? I mean, she's, you know, she's the cutest girl in the room, right? So I'm just saying that this is kind of what we're talking about. Well, here's the deal. When we look at the word wait, it's not like 
what I do when I'm in line, twiddling my thumbs, doing nothing, it actually, the Hebrew word, the root word, is the word for rope. What? Rope? What are we talking about? Literal meaning is to gather together, twisted and pulled together like a rope. Wow. Somebody say, wow. 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 I never realized. I waited patiently for the word. In fact, this has kind of got a, a, it repeats itself within that same word. It means I waited and while I was waiting. Okay? So the double emphasis here, what is he trying to say? What are we talking about? Let me ask you this. How is a rope made? Anybody know how a rope is made? Do you have a rope? You have jute twine or string? Here's the amazing thing. If you took that thing and you started looking at it real close, you'd find that it's actually a, a ton of little tiny strands that are woven and pulled and twisted together. Now, if I were to take that rope and pull off one of those little strands, here's what I would find. I could break it very easily. But when it's twisted together with others, it becomes strong to where I can't break it at all. Well, this is what the Lord is trying to communicate to us here. Is that when we're talking about waiting, not only is that how a rope is made by twisting, that's how a rope is made strong. By gathering together with others. How interesting. As you come together on this first day of 2023 with other believers, what are you doing? You are gathering with others. Right? Why do you come to do that? Well, part of the reason is to worship and give praise and, and magnify our Lord. But the other part is to strengthen one another like a rope. And in fact, it's an amazing thing, is that when you talk about, when we see it in Scripture, is that we should tarry or wait for one another in worship. We should be strengthening one another. In fact, put that down as one of the goals for next year. For the next Sunday, I want to make it on purpose that I'm going to come, and my goal for that Sunday is to help strengthen someone else, to encourage someone else. That's what we do. We gather together like a rope is made strong. We're not here. God is trying to say, listen, waiting is not about twiddling your thumbs doing nothing. Waiting is, is more about gathering strength. It's more about strengthening. It is, it is looking expectantly to what God is going to do. Amen? Are you, are you this year <coughs> looking expectantly for what God is going to do? It's looking with hopeful eyes on what God... Why? Because you have, you have tied up with the Lord... And you may not know what 2023 is going to bring, but you know and look, look forward expectantly to what the Lord is going to do. Amen? That's what it means to wait. Let's think about it even further. I love this. When we think about, in fact, let me back that up. Think about this. Right now, some of you are you're already thinking about lunch, right? Because you're thinking, this preacher's gone way too long already. You think about, you're going to go to a restaurant, right? 
you're going to have what's called somebody serve you. What are they called? A waiter. Are they standing there twiddling their thumbs, right? No. They're there serving, right? Have you ever thought about that? Why is a waiter called a wait, waiter? I mean, you know, what, they're waiting on tables. They're serving. They're doing those kind of things. And so in our waiting, out of Psalm 40, we gather strength. We cling to the Lord. We look forward expectantly. And so for 2023, goal number one, I want to wait patiently. All right, that's your point number one. That's your formula for this coming year. Next, look at the, look at the next part. Here's what it says. The last part of, of verse one, it says, waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. He also <coughs> brought me up out of a horrible pit. Let's break that down a little bit. So the first thing is it says he inclined to me, he heard my cry, and then he brought me up. Interesting. Now let's think about that. Everybody think, not just with your head, but with your heart. What does that look like, sound like? Heard, or inclined, heard, and brought up. Salvation is good. But let me, I'll make it more practical. Here's wh- Who does that? Who hears, who inclines, and who brings up? Ready? I'm going to take personal privilege here. I've got a brand new granddaughter. Everybody go, oh. Her name is Maeve. She's just a couple of months old now. And here's what I found. Is that this is kind of the role that you see with parents. Mothers, fathers. You know, there'll be times where, you know, we, I have four kids. I have eight grandkids. Hey, man. All right. I always get that wrong. Eight grandkids. Can't keep track of them now. Here's the deal. Is that there'll be times when <laughs> my kids would be crying and I'm totally oblivious. And mom goes, can you hear them crying? Right? She, but what would happen is she would incline. She would hear. She would bring them up. Bring them up. See, this is, here again, the care that the Lord has for us. He's not deaf. He hears what you're going through. He knows what you're, what you're in the middle of. He knows what you're facing. He wants to bring you up. Now, here's the deal. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of a miry clay. I don't know if you've ever been like me, but I remember there were times when I was a kid. I lived out in the middle of the Indiana fields, right? There was between my house and the next kid's house that I used to play with was a big cornfield. Over here, same thing, big cornfield. Well, when it was springtime and the spring rains would hit, when I'd want to go and visit, I'd have to cross the miry clay. I don't know, anybody ever been stuck up to their knees in mud before? Super fun, right? What, is that, what happens to you when you do that? You are getting wore out. You, you, how long, it's taking forever to get there. I can't, you know, I can't even... And here's what happens whenever you're in the miry clay and you try to pull your foot out of it, right? Your boots get stuck. And that, is that the worst thing when you're in the middle of the field and you lose a boot, right? You, you, now, you get, now you're going to get mud all over you. It's, it's a mess, Right? 
Well, let's apply that spiritually when you start thinking about it. Is that maybe what you've been through? Maybe you've been going through some stuff. You just feel like, man, I'm just trudging along. Maybe that's, maybe that's how it is in your walk. You're just trudging along, and man, it seems like every time you can't get your foot up, and then you pull your foot out of your boot, and it's just a mess. God wants to bring you out of that when you get put on solid ground. See, when he pulls you up out of it, he establishes your feet, establishes my steps. He puts you on solid ground. Now you can make headway. That's the kind of God we're talking about here. Sometimes we forget, God, you can't hear, and I'm stuck. Why am I here? Why am I in the middle of this? This is draining me. This is taking away my strength, and I can't even think straight. And God, he wants, he knows, he knows what you're going through. And the motion is, just think about this. It's like a little child wants to bring you up out of the mess, out of the mire, out of the pit. Wants to bring you up out of that. Amazing thing. So, wait patiently in this year of 2023 that's coming up. The next verse, verse 3, says this. He has put a new song in my mouth. Somebody say amen. You ever think how crazy Christians are? We get together as a group and we sing together. Every Sunday morning. How, how odd is that? I mean, is there another organization in which you do that? I mean, you come together at work and sing a rousing song. I love to work and I love my boss. No. In fact, people would think that you're, uh, something's wrong with you if you did that. Right? But here we do it. Each and every week. And we let, and it encourages, it encourages one another. Here again, that's there, there's that strengthening again of one another. That we're not only singing to God, but we're singing to one another. You did it just today. I mean, I, I, I felt it in my heart as, as we were singing together. Those songs. Strengthening God. Strengthening in my heart. The God I serve. Encouraging me. We should sing. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. You don't quite sing as enthusiastically as you used to. Maybe it is. Man, I remember when I first got saved. Right? Anybody remember that? Remember those? <laughs> You've been saved for any length of time. Maybe it's been a while. And man, when you first got saved and you came to church for that first time, and man, it was like you were about to bust and all you could think about was, man, I want to sing to my Savior. I want to sing about Him. But maybe through time, that's, that's dulled a little bit. It's dimmed a little bit. It's not quite as strong. Let me encourage you in 2023 to sing enthusiastically. And you know, when I think about Julie Andrews, right? The hills are alive with the sound. I mean, right? I mean, that's, that's when we come to sing before our God, and to make much of Him, sing with enthusiasm. Now, <laughs> I don't know, but, you know, my kids make fun of me sometimes, and they go, Dad, it sounds like you're singing with earphones in your ears. You know, how, have you ever heard somebody sing with earphones on? <laughs> they never sing on key, right? And, and so for me, I'm, I got to watch myself, but Here's the deal. Doesn't matter. We should do it with gusto. I got a story about a fellow. <laughs> when I was planting a church, 
planted a church. Man, one of the first things that you do as a church planner, you're trying to find anybody to come and participate in what you're doing. By the way, let me encourage you, if you ever want to go and worship at a church plant, we've got some not very far from you. If you just want to go and worship, now, and I, I try to recruit people to come and say, hey, listen, if you could just come and participate, I'm not asking for leadership from you, but if you could just come and worship with us, that would mean the world, especially to a visitor that was coming. We had this one fellow, Big Ed. Ed was from Muncie. All right, I planted a church in Pendleton. Ed was, I don't know, six, three, probably 300 pounds, bald, but one of the most passionate and enthusiastic believers that you would ever want to meet. And I asked him, and I said, Ed, would you come and worship? He said, yeah, I'll be there. What, what time? He showed up. I mean, and just Ed, Ed is that kind of guy that when he shows up in a room, you know, you just feel the temperature of the room change, right? He's just that kind of guy. He's, got, he's just warm, and he's, you know, he loves people, and he loves the Lord. And so he showed up, and I was so excited. And back in those days, I used to play a keyboard and help lead the worship. Ed sat, you know, we met in a, in a school library. Ed uh, sat, <coughs> I don't know, maybe five feet in front of me, because all we had was the library space. Five feet in front of me. We started off the song service, the worship service, and Ed belted out the most wonderful off-key singing you'd ever want to hear, and not unashamed, unapologetic, was letting the Lord be magnified in His praise. It was so loud, I couldn't even hear the keyboard which I was playing. And I went and I thought, man, see, that's the kind of worship, that's the kind of heart that we need to have. Now, I remember I had to have a conversation with Ed because I said, Ed, man, thank you so much for your singing. Can you sit a couple rows back? I can't hear. But see, that's sing enthusiastically. For this coming year, sing out to the Lord when we come together. Look at verse 6. Verse 6. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Now, I'm going to stop there because I want to look at something. This psalm is what's called a messianic psalm. Messianic psalm. Now, a messianic psalm, you, you, what, what that means is there are messianic passages all throughout the Old Testament. And all a messianic passage or psalm is about is that it reflects forward to the coming Messiah. Well, if your Bible, your Bible might even say and have a reference right in the bottom of that verse, to the maybe right, left, I don't know what your Bible, how it's, how, how it's put together, but mine says... Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 through 9. All right. Hold your finger in Psalm 40, and let's all swing over to Hebrews chapter 10. All right. Hebrews chapter 10. Check this out, because this is, this is going to blow your mind. All right. Hebrews chapter 10. Let me find it here. All right. Hebrews chapter 10. Now, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the passage again. And we're actually in uh, verse 5 through 9 in Hebrews. Hebrews 5 through 9. I'm going to read Psalm 40 and then I'm going to flip over and read Hebrews chapter 10. All right, you ready? Here we go. So keep stay in Hebrews. Here's what it says. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, Behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. Messianic. It's written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. Now let's flip over Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. And in fact, your Bible is probably annotated here to look back at Psalm 40. Here's what it says. Therefore... When he came to the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire. Ooh, that sounds just like what we read. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, Psalm 40. But a body you have prepared for me, my ears you have opened. What? What was that? What happened? Where did we get off track? Now, if you're somebody like me, I'm a little OCD. I have obsessive compulsive disorder. And when I read something like that, I go, what, 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 what happened? How did that happen? What are we talking about? My ears you have opened, a body, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. It goes on. Same thing in verse four, or, uh, Psalm 40. All right, now, why is there a difference? We want to look at this. This is important. Because for 2023, you want to offer freely of who you are, of yourself. Look at this. We see the comparison, especially in that particular phrase, but a body you have prepared for me and my ears you have opened. Wow. Okay. What is all this about? Well, here's the thing. Is that, again, when you're studying the scripture, when you run into something like this, you want to you wanna get your shovel out because you need to do some digging. All right? You want to you wanna check out what is going on. All right? Now, we've got to, un- to understand this scripture, understand what we're talking about and, and how it is uniquely knitted together. We've got to go and look in Exodus chapter 21. All right? So everybody swing over. Go, go to the left here. And we're going to go to Exodus Exodus, Genesis, Exodus. Look at verse or chapter twenty-one. Look what it says here. Exodus twenty-one. Start reading in verse one through six. This is dealing, and you guys know Exodus, especially in in the, this area of Exodus, we're talking about the law. What are the laws? And we're going to look at the laws concerning servants and slaves. All right. We're going to look at those laws. It says, starting in verse 1, Now these are the judgments which you shall shall set before them. If you have a Hebrew servant, he shall serve six years. In the seventh, he shall go out free and pay nothing. If he comes in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master has given him a wife and she has borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters and he shall go out by himself. But if the servant plainly says, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to the judges. He shall also bring him to the door or to the door 
posts, and his master shall pierce his ear with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. Now go to Psalm 40. Look what it says. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Now for those of us sitting here in America, in the West, in the year 2023, if somebody said to you, keep your ears open, what would you think it's talking about? Huh? Listen, right? Pay attention. Listen. It's not what's being said here. It's not what's being said. This is a reference to the role of the doulos. The doulos is a servant. Paul refers to himself that way, that he is a slave of Jesus Christ. This is the willful servant that's referred to in Exodus chapter 21. That what's being communicated here is that when it says, listen, my ears you have open. Why? Because now when we go to Hebrews, what we find out is that my body, he's offering freely all of himself. Jesus, this is what he did when he sacrificed himself on the cross. He was offering himself to be pierced. So when we read this in Psalm 40, we see that God is trying to communicate something very clear to us. That we need to approach him in such a way that we are offering freely all of us. That we're not serving by compulsion. That we come as a slave, as a servant, as the one who comes to say, Lord, open my ears that I may serve you. My body is all yours. My, my mind, my heart, my wallet, as you guys referred to it earlier, as Paul talked about it, it's all yours. Belongs to you. The only reason we have it is because of him. This is what the Lord is trying to communicate to us out of Psalm 40. What an amazing thing. Verse 9. I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips. For 2023, not only offering freely all of who you are, but proclaim fiercely the good news of the gospel of Christ. Somebody say amen. Proclaim it fiercely. <laughs> Don't give up. Don't give in. The world is going to do everything they can to inhibit you, to stop you, to shut you up. We need to proclaim fiercely. I did. Listen, I love this when he says, he says, I did not restrain my lips. Man, when we come together, we proclaim it, man. We shout it. We, we, in fact, you, you know, uh, uh, you might have sang for the Christmas season, go tell it on the mountain. Amen. I mean, think about the whole, you know, when we read about it from Scripture about when Jesus was born, right? That's what the shepherds did. They went, and you couldn't shut them up about it. They went and told. We need to proclaim fiercely. And again, maybe it is that through time and through circumstance and, and you know, just that maybe we haven't been proclaiming it quite as fiercely as we should have. 2023, now's the time. 
Proclaim it fiercely. Is there somebody in your life right now that needs to hear the gospel? Anybody like that? Anybody? Anywhere? Anywhere? If you, if you, if you can't raise your hand, you need to get around some lost people. <laughs> You're not around enough lost people, all right? But I'll bet there is. In fact, right when I said that, you probably know of somebody in your life, in your family, on your block, that needs to hear the good news of Christ. Proclaim it fiercely. Proclaim it so that everyone can hear. Verse 13, we're going to skip ahead. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Here we see something that happens a lot when David is writing a psalm is that you see an ebb and flow, and he goes up and down, and he talks about the amazing things that God has done and is doing, and then he also will share the struggles, the trials, the things that he's going through. And here we see that this is what he's doing. And I love it because he, he be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and brought to mutual who seek to destroy my life. Let them be driven backward who wish evil. Let them be confounded who say to me, aha, aha. Let those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified, but I'm poor and I'm needy. I'm hurting, Lord. He cries out humbly to God. Cry out humbly to God. And we need, to do, we need to do that in 2023. We need to be crying out humbly to God. Cry out to God. You know, crying out in the Scripture is an amazing thing if you want to study something. Read the many times that the people of God cried out to God. Cried out to God. They shed tears before the Lord. When was the last time you shed some tears before the Lord? You know... David was known as a man after what? You guys are so good. God's own heart, right? Now, when when that, when we understand that, what is he talking about? How was David a man after God's own heart? And I I believe it's in many ways. I think it's through his faith, through his trust. He was reverent before God. He was tenderhearted. But you know what? Again, I want to peel back some layers here. One of the things that I think made David after a man, a man after God's own heart, David was not afraid to weep. Somebody say amen right there. He was not afraid to weep. In fact, you see him over and over. He talks about that he, he, he you know, drenched the bed with his tears because of the suffering and trials and things that he was going through. He cried out before God. Maybe you've done some weeping in the past few years. Maybe you're weeping right now. Maybe there's a a source of weeping in your life. Know this. The Bible says in Psalm 56 that he keeps track of all our sorrows. He has collected all my tears in a bottle. Why does, why does the scripture say it that way? Because he knows all the tears that you've shed. Wow, what an amazing God. Not only the creator of the universe and magnificent above everything that we could ask or think, and yet he knows every tear and he keeps them in a bottle. And that's, he knows the suffering and the hurt and the trial that you're going through right now. 
or that you will go through in 2023. Does God weep? <laughs> that's an interesting question. That's, that's one that'll make your brain kind of blow up a little bit. I believe metaphorically he does. I believe that he does. Why? Because Jesus wept. And Jesus is all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Amen? He's the exact representation of the Lord. And he wept. Sure, his first in the Bible. Jesus wept. Hmm. God knows all your tears. Knows all your fears. One day, and this, this is an amazing thing. That's how like the, the scripture ends. One day, he's going to wipe away every tear. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> what an amazing way to end up the whole thing. When you think about, that's one of the things that unites humanity together. Is that we weep. We hurt. Our hearts are broken. It's one of the things we share as human beings. He's going to wipe away all those tears one day. Well, here's the takeaways for today. I hope I haven't taken up too much of your time. Here's the deal. 2023. If somebody asks you, said, you know, what are you, what are you going to do in 2023? Psalm 40. I'm going to wait patiently on the Lord. I'm going to look expectantly to what he's going to do in my church. I'm going to look expectantly what he's going to do in my life. I'm going to look expectantly on what God, I'm not just going to waste my time. I'm not just going to twiddle my thumbs. I'm going to wait patiently for the Lord. I'm going to sing enthusiastically. Nobody's going to keep me from, from singing out, singing out. Now, Paul may ask you to, you know, sit back a few pews, but that's okay. You're going to sing enthusiastically. All the things that God has put in your heart and in your life, sing it out to him each and every Sunday. You're going to offer yourself freely. God, whatever it is, we used to sing an invitation hymn. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I'll follow my Christ who loves me so. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Are you willing to do that? Offer freely what it is, whatever it is. You're going to proclaim, proclaim fiercely. Proclaim it fiercely. Don't back up. Don't back down. Don't back off. Now be wise. Don't, don't be dumb, but proclaim it fiercely. And then cry out to God. Maybe in your, in your next time of prayer, prayer time here at the church or in your prayer closet, say, Lord, it's been a, been a while. It's been a while since my eyes have been wet with tears over the state of our country, over the state of the church. Man, cry out humbly to God. He knows. He wants to hear from you. Let's pray.